listening to Hawks Insiders, home of quality analysis, special features, match recaps, interviews, and so much more. Follow us on Substack for extended coverage of all things brown and gold. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to uh, post-game Hawks Insiders Player Review Podcast. I am your host this evening, Danny Prins. Uh, nice to remember to actually introduce myself this time. Um, joined by two of the best. Um, first and foremost, uh, Andrew Weiss live from Gather Round itself in Adelaide, South Australia. Weesey, how are you going? Yeah, good. Thanks, Prinzy. G'day, everyone. Just uh, tucked up in a Norwood B&B, uh, Airbnb. Um, what a wonderful day. What a wonderful weekend. Uh, shame about the result, but uh, obviously we'll get into it. It was really an incredible experience. And yeah, as, as no doubt Ash will be mentioning in his obs, a real feel for... Um, getting back to the bourbon footy, um, being at old school footy footy ground. So, um, yeah, a lot of fun, um, really good effort, disappointing result, but we'll get into that shortly. Absolutely. And um, I think for our listeners out there, Weesey's actually on the little bit of ground that um, borders on the the straight line that is the wing at Norwood Oval. So that's he's coming live from very very close to the action. So uh, we're great to have you, Weesey, and uh, yeah, we look forward to hearing your thoughts from um, you know a day at the footy in in South Australia, and uh, also joining us, uh, Darren Levine um, from the comfort of your own home. Darren, uh, welcome to you. Hello, and yeah, excuse Weesey's audio. I don't do they have. Uh... 5G there in Adelaide or is it 3G or, I think or, or 3G yeah apologies to our Adelaide listeners <laughs> it's not um, just my voice are... being rusty not just my voice cutting in and out of it were you giving uh players instructions from the from the wing there it's on it top was of them so quiet it was so quiet that literally when the ball was on the wing where we were like you could hear everything they said and you know there were a couple of times I and to the guys around me and said, they're going to hear me here. Like, we're on, we're on. So there were a few casual instructions and some encouragement yelled out for sure. Yeah, nice. So, so I must admit, I had, a, I had quite a bit of FOMO seeing everyone's photos going around in the WhatsApp over the weekend. It just looked like a pretty, pretty amazing time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'll join you, I'll join you with the FOMO there, Daz. I, I know we talked about it and we see you'll give us a bit of a told you so. We, we we had tried to see if we could make it work. I couldn't make it work this weekend. I know you couldn't either, but man, it looked like a phenomenal experience. And I think Adelaide really, um, as a as a as a city, really brought it for Gather Round. And I think they've been rewarded for that effort too with uh, the next three years, I think, um, being locked in. Uh, over there. So I think we have to make uh, a Hawks Insiders uh, take Gather Round next year, uh, make it a thing. What do you think, see? Yeah, well, we had to talk about it. Uh, we've still got, Ethan and I still have got the stadium on the agenda and, and Gather Round's done now. So, I mean, there is the option, of course, to, um, to you know, take a weekend off in Melbourne and have a Gather Round every weekend, right? And do four games of footy in Melbourne and um, but no, it was, it was incredible. The town was buzzing. Um, 
everyone was just so happy and friendly and you know you're wearing your, your colors everywhere you go the afl fan experience this morning there would have been 60 or 70 players there it was amazing um and just yeah from airbnb hosts to people at restaurants to just everyone um it was a really good vibe really good feeling um i think it's really good that the afl's rewarded um Adelaide and the investment, the significant investment. And I, I feel like a lot of people weren't necessarily sure or that enthusiastic in the lead in, but once it all kicked off and the way everything's gone here, um, massive, massive success. So um, look, whether it's here or whether it's uh, another trip, I, I'm, I'm definitely keen on an insider's getaway next year for sure. Sounds like a plan. Let's get stuck into the player review pod because that's what uh, we're all here for. Um, and we appreciate your time, gentlemen. Um, the Hawks gallantly falling by two points to the GWS Giants. Uh, the Giants 10 17, uh, 77 to the Hawks 11 9 75. So a lot more scoring shots for the Giants and the Hawks. And it did feel like at, at times that they were peppering without the rewards. Uh, but the Hawks hung in there and there was a lot of grit and determination and great um, attitude and, and effort by the by this young Hawks team. So we'll get into the players uh, and we'll do it as we do. We go from the top down. Number one, um, Harry Morrison, 18 disposals, 15 of those kicks, three handballs, four marks, two tackles. Um, Weesey, we're going to start with you. Uh, what did you make of Harry's game today? Well, Harry Morrison aside, the excitement here is clearly in the understanding that I'll be getting numbers three, five, and seven next, which is very, very exciting for me. But um, number one, Harry Morrison, I didn't think he had too much of an impact other than it was noticeable at times he was prepared to put his body on the line and, and crash through, um, crash through packs. I think um, his disposal efficiency wasn't that great. Um, and I think he ended up with uh, four clangers as well. So um, not too great with the ball. Um, and when we get to number five, I think it'll be chalk and cheese based on the numbers and the intent. So not a brilliant day for mine for Harry, and I've given him a five out of ten. He gets a pass. I think that's pretty pretty fair. Um you mentioned that you you're getting oh, three and it. five, but you're you're not getting three and five. I let you, you, know, you get it. Like, Mitch Lewis three. isn't playing. What are you doing? No, um, no. So, so Daz, on that note, our number three, uh, who, in my humble opinion, uh, and John Newcomb is, I've attached my wagon to him, uh, but clearly his best game for the year. 31 touches, 14 of those kicks, 17 handballs, six marks, a couple of big contested marks too, five tackles. He kicked a cracking goal. Um, and I think probably one of the most important things here was in a game of turnovers, he only, or he had five, but he had 81% disposal efficiency. Um, he was involved. He had a goal assist and involved in 10 score involvements, two contested marks out of his six, like I said, and 460 meters gained. Daz, John Newcomb, your thoughts? Oh, yeah, well, clearly his best game for the year. And I think what more can you say other than those stats just tell the complete story of his game? And 
he, you know, in conditions that are, I think were unfamiliar to a lot of the players, I think there were a lot of kicks that just sprayed out of bounds. He just was using the footy so well, um, calm and composed with, with the ball and just ferocious at it as, at the same time. The contested marks is um, obviously a part of the game that he's been working on and um, he's just such a ferocious competitor. So, yeah, pretty much well, clearly best on ground for me, Jai. And, um, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him an a eight and a half. Absolutely. I think that one time he... Like, I mean, there's probably there's five turnovers, but the one time we really needed him to lower the eyes and hit a target was from that late Ned Reeves, a beautiful tap from a center, from the center, center square where he sort of blasted it away. And um, that was a really good opportunity to get forward and get some uh, forward pressure. But other than that, I thought he was phenomenal. I think eight and a half is a cracking score. Daz, I'm going to stay with you uh, for Jarman Impey. Number four, I'm doing Weesey oh. solid. Um, I'm really keen to hear Weesey's uh, thoughts on James Warple. But Jarman Impey, I thought, was solid again today, Daz. 14 touches, so not a lot of it. Eight. Eight kicks, six handballs, three marks, and two tackles. He kicked the point. Um, who, you know, it felt like, I mean, you know, we we were watching it from home, you and I, Daz, but it felt like that was going and going and going until it wasn't. And um and and it was a heartbreaker. But he he used the ball uh efficiently with 86% uh disposal efficiency, and he only had one turnover for the game. So, you know. Again, all year he's been pretty reliable and pretty consistent with his ball use, and that's a it's a good thing to have from Jars. What was your thoughts on his game? Yeah, I mean Jars has been flying under the radar for me for most of the year. He's had a he's had a terrific year actually, and I think he's back to his his kind of pre ACL best in a lot of ways. I mean he's not at the, the explosive play that he was, but he's just a calm head in the in the back line, and he really deserved that goal. It was almost. You know, I was willing it through because I wanted Hawthorne to win, but also just for Jars because he worked so hard in that game. And just a lot of little things that he did, just just getting a hand in there and breaking up the play. And uh, he really he really used it well again. So, yeah, big, big fan of his game. And I'm going to give him a seven. Absolutely. Moving on to number five, uh, James Warple, who um, had a polarizing game, depending on who you speak to or see on social media. Some loved it, some couldn't stand it. And I mean, for a guy who had 35 disposals, 17 kicks, 18 handballs, two marks, seven tackles, um, went by 54% disposal efficiency. Uh, He had 16 contested possessions. He had 13 turnovers. Um, he had six score involvements and had 541 meters gained. We see you prefaced that you were keen to chat about him. We've, we've made it work. Um, yeah. The floor is Which yours. Which I appreciate. I appreciate. Monumental stuff up from me. Uh, very, very short-sighted uh, stuff up. So appreciate the workaround. Um, look, uh, I completely understand and the first to go to stats to to have a look at significance of how they perform. And if I was to do that and go 54% disposal, disposal efficiency and how many did you say, 13 turnovers, um, you'd look at that and go, uh, it doesn't matter how many touches he had, that's totally unacceptable. 
Um, I, I thought James Waffle was magnificent. I thought he was incredible. And I know that um, there were definitely moments, especially early, where you sighed that, oh, my God, he's turned it over or, oh, my God, he's just whacked it on the boot. And um, th there's absolutely been that that um, that piece of frustration with his game, with the quality of his possession. But we haven't had someone committed to going in that hard for the ball for four quarters in a very, very long time. The metres game that you mentioned, I think it was second most for the Hawks. And if you take all of Blake Hardwick's kick-ins out of the equation, he's, he's top by far. Um, six score involvements, which is significant. Uh, and it's just followed on a lot of his good work this year where, yes, there are some issues with his game, but his work rate, his endeavour and his intention like that mirrored the team today. So, you know, that's what we've been missing in the quarters and the half when we've gone missing. So despite the result, happy with the endeavour, happy with the intention, and he represented that. I thought it was absolutely magnificent. I had him in our top three or four players. Uh, and um, Daz, what did you give Jai? Gave him an eight and a half. You're not right, giving so, him the same as Jai. I, I no, agree no. with you. No, no. So I'm yeah. giving him. I'm giving him an eight. Um, if you'd given if you'd given Jai an eight, I would have given him a seven and a half because he's clearly not in that same bracket. But he was still top shelf in my mind today, and, and I think that will polarise Prinzi, as you said. Yeah, and and I'm I'm not quite sure why uh, it is. I think some people have got uh, Warple in the gun. Uh, the same as they had, you know, Jager and and um, and Tommy Mitchell in the gun uh, last year, but but it's such an important role, and we'll get on to Connor Nash in a moment as well. But those three um, being Newcomb, Warple, and Nash, just their ability to hit the hit the contest or hit the player, hit the body on the ball, um, and be able to sort of force the ball forward by any means necessary in a game that wasn't the prettiest game. It wasn't an open flowing affair, uh, I think was just vitally important. And I think, um, you know, we can't underestimate the role that James Warple played today. And I think also the role that he's played this year, I think he's been really important to the side. So um, I'm, I'm, I'm in your corner. We see you got one more comment on this one before we move on. I think as well, those three players combined had nearly 50 contested possessions of our 150 contested possessions for the match. Uh, that's actually that's unreal. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Moving on, Daz, I'm really keen to hear your thoughts on the skipper, James Sicily, this week after a down game, a very down game in, by his standards last, last week. He had 20 disposals, 13 kicks, seven handballs, um, six marks. He kicked his first goal of the year after, I think it was a 50-meter penalty. Um, he spent 79% in the defensive half. He had a disposal efficiency of 80%. Uh, three turnovers, 10 intercept possessions, which you expect from Sis, and five score involvements, but only the 366 metres gain does. What were your thoughts on his game today? Yeah, well, he wasn't going to have two bad games in a row, was he? I don't think that's uh, the James Sicily way. 
I think he was also given instructions or maybe he just wanted to get get up the ground on a, on a smaller ground and kick a goal. I think he was sneaking around, lurking around there um, in the Ford 50, just, just trying to get on the end of something. And um, he loved that running into that open goal square. I think he kicked it out of the ground, didn't he, didn't he Weesey? Um, may have kicked it back to Melbourne. But um, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a return to form in a, in a lot of ways for Sis. Um, you know, the, the GWS forwards did get on top of the game, especially Hogan. I'm not really sh- I don't think he, he, he was allowed to play a bit more of a kind of roaming role with uh, DGB coming back into the side. So I don't know if that's really um, his, his fault. But, yeah, it was definitely a, a much improved performance from Sis, and I'm going to give him a six and a half. Uh, the tallest ever hawk to play for Hawthorne, Ned Reeves, number seven. Um, yeah, you uh, love that I th- one. I do. I do. Sorry. It's just because the commentators love it so much. Uh, we got to keep it alive. Uh, Ten disposals for the big noodle. He had uh, seven kicks, three handballs, four marks, four tackles. The good thing was he had four marks, which is, I think, three more than he's had for the the rest of the year. And all four of those marks were contested, which is a phenomenal effort. He also had uh, 35, 32 hit outs, uh, which was uh, the most on the ground um, and was um, fairly influential in the, in the, in the stoppages. Um, only one stoppage clearance himself, but helped help the Hawks to um, quite a few um, stoppage clearance wins. Uh, we see your thoughts on Ned Reeves. Yeah, well, I'm going to start with the negative first, and that is that I think those four marks, uh, maybe the fourth one was taken, uh, I'll say, around 10 minutes into the second quarter. So it would have been in, uh, you know, I reckon at least another 10 marking contest post that point. Uh, and got close a, a lot of times without being able to drag another one in. So that was disappointing because what he did for the first quarter and a half was, again, that gave us that hope that around the ground he can be just as influential as in the ruck. Um, and uh, what we did see from a ruck point of view is he's clearly our number one ruckman. There's no question about that anymore. He's miles ahead of of Meek and, you know, we'll see what happens with Lynch at selection, but Reeves is our number one ruck. So he just needs to be able to have the same sort of impact that he did through the first 40 minutes of today for a lot more of the game. Because if if he'd held one or two more of those um, big contested marks, especially trying to get it outside... 50 at past 60, wave after wave after wave, we just needed a big clunk to be able to get that next 50 metres down towards our forward line. But notwithstanding, his ruck work was magnificent. Um, As I said, clearly our best ruck. Um, I've given him a 6 out of 10. Yeah, clearly our best ruck on the day today and and probably the best ruck on the ground with not too much competition uh moving on and i'm 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 really keen to hear darren's thoughts so he's given his thoughts on uh james sicily at the back uh his fellow defender uh sam frost we got the full frost experience uh the frost ball lives on um 18 disposals 
some really good moments. Six kicks, 12 handballs, four marks and a tackle. Some really weird frost moments as well. He had five turnovers uh, and I they don't count. They don't track the stats on the AFL app for brain fades, but there was a few in there as well. Um, Daz, what were your thoughts on Sam Frost's game this afternoon? Yeah, obviously much maligned this year, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna say that he's definitely improved the past couple of rounds, and the the he, he's having at least some good moments in the game where you're like, oh, he's 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 probably going to hold his spot for the year. Um, what was your favorite? Ball moment, Prinzi. I think you were going off in the WhatsApp at one point. Do you know, I think the disappointing thing is this is such a young team, right? And when you've got such a young team in a pressure situation and he does a phenomenal job to take a great mark deep in defense, he needed to just calm the, excuse me, down and just slow the play and do what a Ben McAvoy or a Jack Gunston would have done in that situation, go long and wide, force a contest, get it out of the danger situation. And he's playing on to guys under pressure. And I'm just going, man, you're our leader in that back line. What are you doing? And not only did he do it once, he did it twice in the same play. He won it back and then did it again. And I'm like, what are we suckers for punishment? You know, like, Frost, like he does some incredible things and I love his intensity at the contest. I love, you know, how, yeah, how ferocious he is at the man with the ball. Um, I love that he can generate run off the half back line as a key position player, but I'm, I'm telling you, like, if he's going to, if he's going to bring those every week when he's our senior head back there, he's the oldest guy in the back line. We can't afford for Sam Frost to be doing that. Not twice in a game, in a close game, against the Giants. Like, yeah, I'm sorry. It's not, that's not acceptable. I, I can forgive missing a mark or a, or a skill execution error or whatever, but that stuff, that's inexcusable for me. If yeah, our production just... budget allowed for it, there would be someone pressing the button to the raucous applause right now. Sorry, that was off the long run. Oh, I'm, I'm so happy I went back to you there because I think, yeah, there, there were so many moments where, Especially when the when you know it was getting it was getting hot there towards the end of the game, you needed a cool head to take a mark, take take some pressure off of it. He just he just plays on instinct, and I think you know you go back to the live by frostball, die by frostball. He just he's just got a different brain. He's got a he's an instinctual footballer, and that is something that's very hard to coach out of someone's game. Unfortunately, uh, we see one. You want to tee off to? Now they say what happens at Norwood Oval stays at Norwood Oval, right? But um, that's the first game I've ever seen with Act, and I'm pretty sure one of those frost balls. I think it was the second one, the handball. Uh, he threw his hat very, very hard into the ground. There's nothing like it. Uh, but he was uh, what we were all feeling in that moment. Mr. Impartial Footy Footy Reporter uh, throwing his hat into the ground. He was there as a fan. He was there as a fan. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I'm. I think he's going to listen to us, us, and be really angry for two reasons: one, for outing him as a as a passionate fan, and number two, for uh, labouring over Sam Frost. So let's let's give Frosty his. I'm going to give him a pass mark. 
I really think that the, 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 the he did some good things in that game and um, you know, we just needed him to be a bit more level-headed in the in the closing stages. So I'm going to give him a five, and let's move on to CJ. Yeah, it's a it's a great summation, Daz. I think you're right. It's still a pass. Just those moments just infuriate us all. Uh, moving on to number nine, um, Chankwath GF. Uh, only the eleven touches, seven kicks, four handballs, two tackles, um, ninety-one percent uh, disposal efficiency, two turnovers, and two hundred and twenty-five meters gained. We see. Uh, a quieter week from CJ this week. Um, what did you think? Or did you think he had any impact on the game whatsoever? I think there were a couple of moments where it looked like he was set to take off and um, linked up pretty well with the back line in general. Um, but what we seemed to see was there's a confidence side to CJ and he made a couple of uh, shocking mistakes. There was the... Um, you know, the attempted uh, fend-off on defensive 50, trying to play on when Sicily gave him the handball that put him under a bit of pressure. Um, and uh, just from, you know, from that, uh, you know, the confidence side of things is significant and there are a number of fumbles and drop marks and uh, it wasn't a great day from CJ. Uh, I've, I've been one of the um, louder voices for being concerned given his output for the year. Um, but in terms of the game today, uh, I think he gets a four and a half. He didn't really have much impact um, and and fumbled it quite a bit. Daz, uh, a player who I'm pretty sure, I'm very confident will get a pass from you today, Carl Amon, uh, back in South Australia um, after switching over from Port Adelaide in the off-season. Um, 20 disposals, 12 and 8, three marks, two tackles, and he kicked two goals, including one sort of, I think, semi-accidental goal. Um, went at 80% disposal efficiency, only had the four turnovers, uh, and was involved in eight or ha- had eight score involvements. And he had also had a contested mark, which was in the middle of the ground, which was a really important one, actually, because if he didn't mark it, I think we were in a world of hurt. So, um, Carl Amon, I think that was the Carl Amon that we that we bought, right? That was the Carl Amon we brought in as a free agent or, or a lot closer to than maybe we've seen in previous weeks. Oh, 100%. And he gets more than a pass for me because I thought he was he was terrific, especially in that first quarter. I think he had eight touches, just reading the play so well. He's getting a, a great connection going with Fergus Green. I'm not sure if you boys have noticed, but they're always kind of, you know, he's always, he's reading his runs really well and he's he's spotting him up in, in dangerous positions for Fergus. So I think he's really, we're going to start seeing the best of Carl and and today was just another step in the right direction. He's settling in really well and he's really understanding his, his new teammates. I thought he, I thought he was going to be a bit of a non-factor today, just given the skinny nature of the ground. But um, How do you he, play if, on the wing when there's no wings, right? Well, exactly. So maybe he needs to play in the middle more. But um, he was he was really involved through the entire game as opposed to last week, kind of drifting in and out of the game. So one one of one of our best players today, I thought, Amon, and I'm going to give him a seven and a half. Speaking of one of our best players, how's that for a segue? Connor Nash, uh, the man from Ireland, uh, 31 disposals, only the eight kicks, but 23 handballs, nine tackles, uh, 71% disposal efficiency, 18 contested disposals, um, eight turnovers, and six score involvements. The man was a beast 
in the contest uh, and a second half shutdown job of Tom Green, who was very, very good in the first half for the Giants. Uh, tell us, Weesey, how good was this game from Connor Nash and was it his best game as a Hawk? Um, yeah, it was a wonderful, wonderful performance from him and he seemed to get better as the game went on. It, it makes it um, disappointing that he had that that head knock. Um, it was last week, wasn't it? He had that head knock and wasn't the same after it um, against the Cats because he was looking great until that point. Uh, and obviously he had the good week the week before. So he's stringing some good footy together. Um, he just went in super hard. And, and they're the trio of um, Nukes, Warps and Nash really, you know, went in against some seasoned campaigners in the GWS midfield. So to have 31 and have 18 of them contested, um, you mentioned as well that nine tackles, seven clearances, uh, he was tough and he was hard and he put his body on the line. Um, and yeah, possibly, um, possibly, I think he played a cracking game from memory against maybe Brizzy in Tasmania in that run home a couple of years ago. But um, yeah, it was a great, great uh, effort from him. And given what he sort of put together, you'd think his safe in the side is his spot in the side is now safe um, and potentially if it's that question over him or Finn as that extra on baller as part of the rotation it's a it's a no-brainer he's in the team was really really good um, and look forward to seeing what he does against Adelaide next week I gave him an eight out of ten can I, can I just say on Nash too that he was playing a sort of tagging role on green um uh tom green um and i think he kept him really quiet in that third quarter i only think he had a handful of disposals there so if you're talking about the mcginnis is it a mcginnis or nash i mean for me nash can get let off the leash and actually hurt opposition teams and i think that's it maybe you know offers a lot more than then McGuinness is really just only quite useful in that tagging role. So I wonder if we, for the remainder of the year, just seeing, seeing Nash um, just in there for his versatility and his ability to, to play a hard tag or to, to go off the leash and actually um, do something positive. I think he's going to make uh, I think he's going to make Finn's job getting back into the side really tough on that performance. I mean, Tom Green had 20 touches to halftime. He finished with 32. So, um, you know, really quietening him down while finding so much of his own footy at the same time. That's probably the biggest thing for Finn. I think if Finn sits on Tom Green, he probably even has less touches than what Nash had, but we get nothing out of Finn, right? And that's, it's like playing a man short. Not really, you know, that's a, that's a slide on McGuinness. That's not my intention, but that ability to find the footy while you're trying to take somebody out of the game is incredibly impressive. And to do that at 198 centimetres and 94 kilos is, is, is incredibly impressive. Uh, and I, I reckon your eight um, is a, is a really good score there for, for Nash. Does Dylan Moore, a bit of a Dylan Moore game, but a bit of not, I thought. Um, we see, I'll, I don't want to steal your thunder, but 23 touches, 
nine kicks, 14 handballs, um, three marks, three tackles, one goal, one, uh, 61% disposal efficiency. And maybe that's what I, what I picked up on um, with the eye test. Uh, normally he's a lot cleaner by hand and foot. He had four turnovers, um, 19 pressure acts, which is not great. Um, and nothing really else of note. He didn't, he was, he had a couple of clearances and that's it. Uh, we see your thoughts on, on Dylan Moore. Yeah. Well, I don't think that he um, had much of it in the first quarter. I think he might've only had a couple, couple of touches, four touches in the first quarter. So he really came into it as the game went on. Um, obviously kicked the goal, uh, kicked the goal later in the game. Um, it wasn't, uh, the numbers are decent enough, again, if you're purely looking at numbers, but in terms of, you mentioned the eye test, Prinzi, um, he certainly wasn't significantly eye-catching at the ground today, other than that goal, which was fantastic, um, but it was, it was nothing more than just an okay game um, from him. So today, uh, given him... Uh, five and a half out of ten. We are recording this pod in live time um, and our uh, very own Ashley Brown is boarding a plane um, from Adelaide back to Melbourne and he's just sent us through a message, said Chad Wingard is on the plane, he's talking okay and the Hawks have requested Norwood already for next year. So there's some breaking news in this player review pod. The Hawks obviously enjoyed the Norwood experience. So Daz, it looks like you and I will be going to Norwood next year. We see if he can be bothered, might join us. Um, or, or if not, we'll just meet him in uh, at Optus Stadium uh, after, after that. Um, Darren, moving on to number 15, Blake Hardwick, 18 touches, 16 of them kicks. I feel like a lot of those were kick-ins. Um, he had... Yeah, two handballs, um, three turnovers, two contested possessions, uh, only the seven pressure acts, uh, but 634 metres gained, see as you mentioned. The vast majority of those, I think, come from the the long, wide 60-metre kicks to the wing, which kept coming back as quickly as they went up. Daz, um, maybe not Blake Hardwick's best game, but he did use the ball well in terms of his efficiency at eighty nine percent, which so far is a team high. Oh, I, I thought he was. I thought he was super. Um, How did you think he went on Toby Green? I think he's such a hard match on Toby Green. My goodness, he was just. I mean, I don't think anyone can match up better on Toby Green. To be honest, when he's in that sort of form, and he. I, I thought he went okay, and I think he he got his he got in in the way a lot of a lot of the times. He had some massive spoils. Um, he's a terrific lockdown defender, and look, I don't think you know Green Green is just a very very hard player to defend. So I don't think it's any a, you know bad mark on Hardwick's game. I just think it's a really difficult matchup. Um, so I'm going to give him a six, but. You know, I, I think he had a reasonable game. Reasonable games. Speaking of reasonable games, Lloyd Meek. Um, I want to. He's another polarizing one, Weesey. Um, 
on social media, I've seen Hawks fans saying we need to drop this guy and we need to bring in Max Lynch, who again had another good game for Box Hill against Collingwood. I will preface it by saying we were playing against um, a Collingwood team, which was effectively like we were in at Box Hill last year. They were playing without a recognised ruckman. Um, the the young guy that they had, I think Oscar. Steen or something like that, um, not seasoned at all. So Max Lynch had his way with him again. So there's calls for um, Lynch to come in and replace Meek. Meek had 10 disposals, uh, three and seven. He had six tackles. He kicked a point. He's getting closer with his snaps. I tweeted that during the game. The first one was um, somewhere in the straight between Victoria and Tasmania. This one snuck in for a point. I think sort of by the halfway through the year, he'll he'll kick one of them. Um, he had five, uh, contested, dispo- uh, contested possessions. Uh, he didn't have any turnovers, which is a good thing. He was involved in three scores. Uh, and he had the, and this is, this is correct. He had 17 meters gained. Um, so we were, we were incorrect with Josh Ward's meters gained last year, uh, last week, but, um, I'm, I'm looking at the screen right now. He definitely had 17 meters gained. So, uh, but he did have 15 hit outs, uh, as a secondary relief ruckman for, uh, Ned Reeves. What did you make of the Lloyd Meek experience this week, we see? Uh, he's a real, real head scratcher for me. Because I've been all aboard the meat bandwagon when we got him. Um, he's a monster. Like, he's an absolute unit. And I understand that he's only, what, still 24 years old. So, relatively the kid. But he's got this body. He's got this massive, massive body. What we actually just need is for him to go kamikaze with it. Like, we just need him to have this presence that he doesn't have at the moment. I think there are a couple of... You want him to go a little bit, a little bit Sam Draper with it, do you reckon? Similar to how Draper does for the Bombers? You know what? I I think it's probably, I I think it's probably a good example, except without being a a shit bloke. (laughs) Can I say that? (laughs) That would be the difference. Well, you just just did. Yeah, that would be the difference between what you'd want out of him and Draper. Um, but no, absolutely. Like, throw it in there. You've got the biggest body on the ground. Like, fake some punishment for the team. There was one marking contest in the, like, it was just in front of the goal square. And he was sitting in the hole. And he went for the mark. And he got marked over the top. And it's like, you're the biggest guy there. Either come in hard punch the ball away, even in ruck contests, like if you're using who Max Lynch was rucking against in the resis, with all due respect to GWS, he's going to have a lot more difficult com- competition in the ruck playing seniors footy than he had today. Like go in and go hard and just haven't seen it. So it's a head scratcher. And at this point, I mean, there's, we're talking about years of development together as a rough combination, but Lynch is also the same age. And with what he's shown in the two, um, I would be all for a mix-up, um, especially because I feel like Lynch could play a better role with no Mitch Lewis at full forward and at least have him crushing packs in the forward line, giving Reeves the chop out in the ruck 
but throwing his body around. So um, I actually gave him a four. I gave him a four out of 10 because um, it, it's interesting. I've been to a few games this weekend. I thought Grundy was poor against Draper, but I thought Daz's favourite footballer of all time, Peter Ladden, he was up against, we were there on Friday night, and he was up against the Nankervisless Tigers. And he was so bad. He was so lazy. And he could have absolutely dominated that game if he really wanted to, Laddam. He was so bad. I've so far got the same sort of feeling about Meek in terms of like that, you know, put what put Warple's heart and endeavour today into Meek and what could he be? So, is it is it? I don't think it's a lack of effort from Meek though. What I'm I'm, I'm actually you know six tackles like Laddams. I think is I've watched that game and he looks unfit. He actually just looks unfit. Um, I'm going to call it. Um, and I'm, I've been a big supporter of him in the past, but to the eye test, he did not look in good shape. And Meek is Meek really tries hard. I think he's just Meek by name, Meek by nature. He's just a really nice, nice guy. bloke. Mm. Which can forget about Max Lynch. Max Lynch has got a Max Lynch has got a swag about him. He really does. And and I've, I've I watched a bit of Box Hill today, and he's got an eye for a goal. He's he's a He's a magnetic person and he's a dynamic footballer. And, you know, I, I, I think, you know, Lynch, is, Lynch has got to be due for a, for, a, for a spot in the side pretty soon over Meek. I'm, 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 I'm feeling like they'll make the switch next week. Yeah, but will the switch be uh, Max Lynch or will it be the other Max? That's the question. Um, we'll move on to the next two, Daz. I'm going to get you to do the next two. Um, I just want your opinion on Chad Wingard. I think uh, we're not going to give him a rating. He had three touches, um, two kicks, and two, they're both behinds, both of his kicks, um, and left the field with a lacerated tongue, um, which, I mean, if you had to pick, you had to give me 150 guesses as to the injury that he had to sustain. I didn't even know what a lacerated tongue, I didn't even know a lacerated tongue was a thing until it was reported, I think by Sarah Black um, uh, on on Twitter. So um, uh, just incredibly unlucky for Chad, hey? Like his inability to stay on the park and stay fit is just second to none at the moment, yeah? Yeah, it's, it's you know, speaking of Max Lynch, it- feels very Lynchian in terms of his bad luck, bad run of ridiculous injuries. And, you know, we had the beasting last year, the lacerated tongue. You see, what is even the time frame on a lacerated tongue? You know, is it just a quick stitch up job and he'll be right to go next week? I I feel bad for Chad because, you know, he finally made his way back into the side and that happens. So it feels unfair to even give him a rating, but he should have kicked that goal. Um, so... Yeah, he's, he got, he's got to nail those. And he's, I don't know what's happened with his kicking this year. But he's in the team for that reason, right? To kick goals, um, to provide that experience in the forward, in the forward line and uh, be a, a link in the chain uh, for our attacking threat. Another um, forward and attacking threat is the uh, triple premiership player, Luke Bruce. Um, 14 disposals, half and half. He took four marks. He kicked one goal. Um, had eight contested possessions, four turnovers, um, 
he had 238 metres gained and three inside 50s and three one percenters. Daz, I'm going to go back to you on this one. Not as, didn't get as many shots on goal as he has in previous weeks, um, but did some good things as well. What were your thoughts on Luke Bruce? Yeah, really solid game from Bruce. And, you know, I think our forward line is just better having him in there. It gives us a lot of structure, um, gives us a, a you know, a, a, a target up there, even though he's not a dyna- you know big flyer or a big presence. He just, he, he, he makes the opposition nervous and he's, 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 we're seeing a semi-functional forward line and him out of the side, I think, you know, when he, when he had those uh, bit of hamstring tightness, I was worried about the the next four weeks without Luke Bruce, because you take oh. him out of there and it's a, it's a dysfunctional forward line in disarray really. So he's, yeah. a, he's such an important player structurally for us. My heart was in my mouth when, when he, when he walked off the ground, grabbing his sort of buttock hip, what hammy area and I thought we're not going to kick four goals next week if he's if he's not in the side and not that he kicks them all but he just adds um you know his experience and his um you know knowledge and understanding of where to be you can just feel and see that he's coaching these younger players like Tyler Brockman and um Connor McDonald and saying go here be there be this option you know and then he he manages to kick one today but he's he's kicked goals every week so uh hopefully he's he's well, he played out the game so hopefully he's fine um did you give him a rating Daz or did I miss that uh, I'm gonna give him a six beautiful um Denver Granger Barras number 24 uh he had the nine disposals um so not the highest possession getter on the ground Lisey um five kicks four handballs um he had one turnover, uh, two two marks, and 192 meters gained. Um, actually, look, I'm a I'm a renowned Denver Granger Barras fan. Um, I've liked him since his draft year. Uh, I still think he's going to come good. Um, I still think he's going to be a pillar of our defensive um, setup. I actually thought he was pretty good uh, today. I don't think he did uh, too much wrong. What was your What were your thoughts as I've led you into speaking positively about Denver Granger Barras, we see? Take it yeah, away. but I know... Uh, I know that you know that when you created the DGB fan club and signed me up as one of the, you know, inaugural members of that fan club, that you were going to work out a way to manipulate this order to get me to be doing his rating. And rightfully so. You've got to look after the young bloke. Absolutely. I, I actually thought he was really good. So I had a friend, and usually when I say I had a friend, I get feedback to say that I didn't say his name. So friend Hayden messaging me after the game about how good he thought Frost was and how he didn't get beaten at all in the air. And he doesn't like DGP. And he was getting stuck in. And I said, well, let, let's compare some of the stats. Spoils, DGP three, Frost one. Turnovers, DGP one, Frost five. Clangers, Frost three, DGB two. So core areas. And I mean, what I, what I like is he, again, wasn't scared to attack a contest to make a spoil. Or if he wasn't making a big spoil, at least crash the pack. And he, he looked really good. He fitted really well. He fitted in really well. And by being there, it should release this to do what he does as a third man up. So. Um, 
I was talking to Ash a lot about this throughout the game. He just has to play the rest of the season. We hear Sammy talking about how much time and love he's got for him. And when you talk about players who could or should be in our next premiership team, he is one of them. And with that in mind, he should be given every opportunity, in my opinion, by at least for this year playing every game. And then once we re-sign him, having him in the team at the start of next season. So I actually thought he was really good, did his role beautifully, especially having not played this year. I gave him a 7 out of 10. I will take that, and I'm glad I assigned you Denver Granger Barras. Speaking of players that will be in our next premiership team, uh, Josh Ward, 20 disposals, 11 kicks, 9 handballs, uh, 9 contested disposals out of his 20. Um, He went at 80% disposal efficiency as well. He had five score involvements, only the one turnover does. Uh, and he, he only um, played 85 of a possible 121 minutes. So he had a, a fair portion of the game on the bench. Uh, your thoughts on Josh Ward's game, Darren? Yeah, I think it was a solid game from Wardy. I think he, um, you know, I, I think he's he's turned it over a lot past few weeks and had had quite a, quite a number of skill errors, but he was really clean today. Um, he had great hands. Um, I, he hasn't blown the game apart yet, like I thought he would at this stage, really of, of you know of, of his development. But I think he's a bit I, I he's like a bit of a coming. death by a thousand cuts type player, isn't he? Not yeah. a real like explode and 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 blow a game up, is he? No, but he's a look. You don't want him to be a role player because he's such a high draft pick, and yeah, he's he, he he was such a highly rated junior but he's he's where he's at now being 19 years old his second year in the system I think he he is a role player for now that's going to develop into an A grader um over the next few few years and he's going to have a breakout game this year I just think he's he's learning his craft and he's and he's playing his role and I think that's all you can really ask of Josh Ward right now so you know Ward he gets a six for me um I I thought it was a pretty pretty clean game and um you know he, he 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 definitely was an important link in the chain definitely in a lot of our attacks through the ground so yeah not a not a bad game for Wardy. absolutely um the ferg uh fergus green probably the best green on the ground today um he had nine disposals eight kicks one handball seven marks three tackles he kicked three straight and i think the beauty of anybody that's watched fergus green play at box hill is in at Box Hill, you could almost start writing it down in your in your VFL footy record when he marks the ball anywhere near goal, and it felt like that again today. Uh, early his first game against the Bombers, I think he kicked three behinds, and since then he started to find his kicking boots at AFL level, and now he looks like that player um, that we signed that we saw in the first, last two years of the VFL. Um, just a really smart operator great uh, in front of goals and um, a really handy inclusion who is carrying a load that a guy at 186 centimeters shouldn't have to carry being our pseudo tall forward in the forward line. We see you um, are a big Fergus green man. I know you are. So is Daz. Um, This could be a Fergus green podcast to be, to be fair, but um, he was, he was pretty impressive today, Fergus. 
Yeah, really good. Clearly our best forward, uh, most marks on the ground for us. Um, actually thinking everything that you said, like he takes the, takes the mark, goes back to have a set shot and you feel comfortable saying out loud, oh, he'll kick this, he's a great shot at, at goal and not worry about uh, copying crap for being the one that's put the mod on him. Uh, like you've got that level of confidence. So um, the issue is that as a clone of Jack Gunston, he should be our third forward leading from 30 or 40 to outside 50 and then be bringing it in to a Mitch Lewis or um, dare I say Cozzy when Mitch Lewis is in the team as well or whoever the other second big forward is. He's the third forward that should then be uh, offering that extra lead um, or, again, running higher up the ground. So um, as far as project play goes, you know, what we asked from Cozzy for the first four weeks was to be a leader in the forward line given we don't have much depth, and he wasn't. Green today showed that he can take on that responsibility and be the opposite of that, and he did is really, really good. Um, and I gave him a seven and a half out of 10. I think one of the beauty, beautiful things about Fergus too, is he doesn't need the ball a lot to be, to have a big impact, right? Like he, Bob, he had nine touches, but like three goals. And I think, um, you know, was involved in good passages as well, even when he didn't kick him himself. Um, you know, he's just so clever and so creative. And I think um, that's massive because we we just don't, we just lack a lot of experience in that forward line. So, um, you know, it's a six score involvement. And that's what I thought. He had two goal assists as well on top of the three goals he kicked. So that's massive for a young team. Um, and yeah, I, I was I was really impressed with him as well. Uh, another who uh, impressed me, quite a bit uh, was Ned Long, uh, his season debut for the Hawks does. He had 10 touches. Um, so not a lot of it, seven kicks, three handballs, three marks, six tackles. Um, and in, in the, in the last quarter, he was effectively playing as our full forward. And look, he's a he's a he's a big boy, one ninety four centimeters, the same size as Denver Granger Barras. So it's not the stupidest idea. But he was one out in the square a lot, and he kicked his uh, first AFL goal, and we love that at the Hawks Insiders. Um, but I thought he had a pretty good game, and I thought he showed that you know he he could possibly do something at this level. Absolutely, was it his first goal? Did he kick one last year? I'm pretty sure it was his first goal. Oh, I have to but thanks check. for just casting the seeds of doubt there for me, Daz, to have to go back after this and and check. Someone can look it up while I'm talking, but I think, um, yeah, I love the physical presence that Ned Long has. I think he played most of the game sort of around, roaming around that that sort of half forward um, area, and then as you said, Daddy moved into the forward line. He was it was it was a great goal. He was so composed um, coming in. Uh, was it his first goal? It was his first goal. He didn't kick one last year. Oh, oh well, that's goodness. <laughs> that. Imagine if you made a mistake. I know. Um, can't be doing that. But it was it was a great first goal, and it was a really composed finish from him. And I I love his physicality, um, and I think he's, you know, it, it, it's. I don't think anyone really expected Ned Long, you know, where he's when he was picked up in sort of that rookie draft to. To, to really make the impact that he's having but and and whether he's going to be part of the next sort of premiership side but I do love his physicality and I love I love 
you know, the big bodies around the ball that we've got in in the side at the moment. And um, I think he deserves to keep his place. He only had 10 touches, but I felt like he was, he was a presence there in the, in the forward line for sure. Yeah. His, his impact was greater than the 10 touches um, sort of suggested. And um, yeah, I've, I've some concerns about his kicking and how many players we can have through the middle of the ground that aren't great kicks of the footy with uh, Warple in there as well. But um I, I thought it was a fairly good game. Did you have a rating for him, Daz? Yeah, I'm going to give him a. I'll give him a pass, Mike. I'll give him a five. Yep, absolutely. Um, another one that's hard to rate. Um, Cam McKenzie came on as a sub. Um, I think the Hawks were kind of hoping he'd have you know just the the week off and maybe come on late in the in the last quarter. But with Chad going out at halftime, uh, McKenzie came on after halftime. He had five touches for the second half. Not much of an impact, we see. Um, we don't need to rate him because we don't want to. Um, we don't want to damage the kid. But um, I think um, you know every experience he gets at AFL level is good for him. Um, but maybe is it time for you know a week in the reserves just to you know find some footy at a consistent level, or would you continue while Will Day is out to have uh, Cam McKenzie in the team? I've got no issues playing him. I mean, he's only played half the game today. Uh, and I actually like the fact that he came for the trip. Like a lot of the bonding side of things around this, this group and the young group happens on your interstate trips. So especially with a lot of the stuff around Gather Round. And I mean, I can tell you actually on their way to the captain's run yesterday, uh, they were an hour late because their bus broke down again from the airport. You wouldn't read about it. Um, but again, like imagine being on that bus as a group and dealing with that together and just little things like that, that you want him to be part of. So, um, again, same thing in Tasmania next week. So no issues sending him to Tassie with the team. There was one moment where it looked like he was going to get run down where he thought he had more time with the ball than he did. And, and that's a, been a bit of concern for a few people regarding a couple of players the last few weeks but um no issues with him staying in the team as you said he'll just grow from the experience um and we'll move on to Connor mcdonald we see i'm going to stay with you for this one um 17 touches nine and eight he had five marks two tackles he kicked a behind 71 percent disposal efficiency three turnovers um he was crafty and clever without really having, I would say, a major, major impact on on this game. Uh, did you like uh, Connor McDonald's game? I mean, I know, we see you love Connor McDonald's game as a general rule, but how did you think he went today? Yeah, I feel like people are going to think I get around a little bit because I'm right at the front of, of his fan club too. Um, I love... Connor McDonald, and I love, especially through the first half, the end of three quarters, his usage of the footy. Um, and I was saying that. I was like, oh, can he use it? And what a player he's going to be. So I think that's really important. But I think as soon as I said that, maybe one time too many, he went ridiculous turnover, ridiculous turnover. I put my hand up to take responsibility. Um, uh, he's a really good spare parts player in this team at the moment. Like he's not having huge monster impacts on games, 
but what he's doing is very, very good. And he is absolutely one of our next premiership footballers. Like he is a talent. Yeah. So I gave him, yeah, okay. I was going to just say, I, I gave him a seven out of 10. Um, Cause I think what he did, he did really well. Absolutely. And I, one of the things I really liked about uh, McDonald's game is he had eight in the last quarter and we were up against it in the last quarter. There was a lot of um, hanging on. There's a lot of fighting and scrapping to to win. And he had eight in that passage, including um, being a link in the chain for the Brockman goal from the Fergus tap. So he was actually the, the ball that was kicked by Seamus uh, Mitchell out and he got a one-two with uh, Connor McDonald in the defensive 50. So I really liked that from him as a high half forward, pushing deep to get involved in the play. And he's just so clever, so creative. And you just feel like he's doing his apprenticeship now as a, as a high half forward, but he's got midfield written all over him, doesn't he? Yeah. And not just that, like a lot of guys are doing their apprenticeship in the league in general at half back. I think in a dysfunctional forward line like ours, it's much more difficult doing an apprenticeship it's at half forward. It's a place to do it, yeah. And, and yet, if you're buying stocks in a footballer, like his stocks continue to rise and you'd be investing from what you've seen so far. So uh, whether that it becomes a role in the middle or not, based on the number of kids that we've got, or he continues to develop as, as a crafty half forward, uh, not 100% sure. But he's got the skill. He's got the skill that regardless of where you put him, you could put him behind the ball as well um, and and be com- comfortable with the fact that there is a spot for him and he looks very, very good playing for us. Uh, someone I was really impressed with, Daz, um, bouncing back after a pretty ordinary game against the Cats last week, Tyler Brockman, 16 touches, which... I don't know, but I reckon that's probably a career high for him. Um, he's not a noted disposal. Two marks, a tackle, and a goal. Eight of his possessions were contested, and that was one of the things I absolutely uh, enjoyed about his game today. Um, he also had some really good defensive work. There was, a, I think, I remember a chase. Um, and a, and a winning of the of a loose ball, which um, could have led to a Giants goal uh, early in the game. And he came out of nowhere, picked up the ball, and had had a big win there. I I just thought um, it was we saw a bit more of um, of Tyler Brockman and what he has in his in his arsenal. And I think uh, that was impressive. And Weesey's just confirmed that was the most disposals Brockman's had in a game. Um, so, yeah, what were your thoughts on on Brocky and, and how he impacted the game uh, in different ways today? Yeah, I think you, you summed it up there. And I, I think that just shows that how hard he was working because he just appeared out of nowhere in the back line there. I think it was in the second quarter. And just how almost laconic he is at times where... You just, he's just, he, you, you could see it in his face what he, he was just unfazed by that situation. The pressure was on. It was, it was a kind of do or, do or die situation. And he just, he just uh, had full confidence in himself and be, being able to get us out of that moment. And he's just a very, very cool customer, Brocky. He's, um, he's going to take mark of the year this year, lock it in. I think he was flying a few times and he's gonna to have to pinch it off um, Himmelberg from today. Oh, that's for sure. <laughs> but um yeah, he's 
I just love the fact that he was prepared to work hard and get his own ball. Um, and I don't think he had that in his locker, to be honest. I didn't, thought he was a, a, a bit of a stay-at-home board pocket player, but um, just shows that maybe he does have a future playing in, in other roles um, other than, you know, his, his damaging self in the forward line. So I'm going to give Brocky a, a seven. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I the amount that he popped up throughout the game at different periods, I was really, really impressed. And I think that's got to be the benchmark for him, not necessarily getting those disposals, but in the ways that he got them uh, today, I think was really exciting. I think Sam Mitchell uh, will be really, um, really excited by that. Speaking of things that will excite Sam Mitchell, Seamus Mitchell, his na- um, Sam's namesake, on debut, um, nine kicks, eight handballs, 17 disposals, four marks, three tackles. Uh, he had nine contested dis- uh, possessions, uh, four turnovers. He spent 83 minutes on ground um, and was generally, I'm going to say, very good for a debut game, especially for a guy who, you know, this time uh, at the end of last year was very, very close to not being on an AFL list at all. We see your thoughts on Seamus Mitchell's debut game and um, the options that he potentially gives us going forward. Yeah, I mean, you could not ask any more out of a debutant than what we got today. And I think we should start by acknowledging that goal. Uh, halfway through the last quarter, took the kick in, Connor McDonald back to him, I think went to more, maybe to Waffle, maybe to Impey, looping handball back inside. The fact to have to Brockman now might have that a little bit out of sorts, but like our best passage of footy for the year, yeah. starting with him down back. What I don't understand is the four or five kick-ins that we had after that. And I agree that you start with Blake Hardwick taking them but we were kicking them outside 60 and it was coming straight back time after time, straight after that goal, which was really set up from that run from fullback. So um, just acknowledge that passage of play because it got us back in in the last quarter as it was sort of slipping away. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, he really fitted in beautifully. He attacked the footy. Um, he used it well um, and has clearly cemented his spot for next week, uh, which should give him a good run of games. And as you said, gives that extra level of flexibility and options for what we're going to do across that sort of back line. So, yeah, really good performance to from him. I gave him a seven and a half out of ten on debut. Fair, fair score on debut. And I think, um, you know, one of the things that I'd said about Seamus was, uh, a little bit like Connor uh, Connor Downey, who didn't make the grade at the end of last year. I felt like both of those players were going to be better players in an AFL environment um, than they were in the VFL environment, purely because they're not necessarily guys who are go and win their own ball. And the VFL can be quite scrappy sometimes, and it's tight and it's contested. And even on a smaller ground today, you just saw the benefit of having quick players who can kick the ball beautifully. And those small kicks, like those ones that you mentioned in that um, chain that ended up in Brockman's goal, and we won't forget um, John Newcomb's 30-metre handball in that chain, um, I think was um, was just a perfect example of how 
elite kicking has a place in any AFL team because it is such a skill um, that I, I, I feel like um, isn't as readily available in the AFL these days. So um, if Mitchell can stay fit, if he can get a good run of games, I think there's a spot, you know, for him there if he wants it. So it'll be about, um, can he be our next Dylan Moore who was delisted, re rookie listed, and then becomes a, you know, a, a, a mainstay of the footy team. So yeah, I think a great, great first up game. Um, Daz and we see both of you guys. I just want to get your thoughts on Sam Mitchell's coaching performance before, before we wrap this up, Daz, I'll start with you. Um, did you think he won the battle with uh, Adam Kingsley or um, what were your thoughts on on Mitchell's uh, overall performance today? Yeah, I think, um, you know, we matched up pretty well against GWS and um, I didn't really, uh, you know, it, it was a, a difficult ground as as well. I think there were a lot of unknowns going into this game and I think he he he, he put the team together really well. I think the Connor Nash matchup on green there, especially in the second half, really changed the game. So um, it was a it was a re really good coaching performance from Mitchell, and I think he was pretty upset to lose that game, wasn't he? He really wanted Got to it. win that. So yeah, um, yeah, no, it, 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 it was a really good coaching performance from Mitchell, and they were hard at it the whole game, and they really they really tried. Yeah, Weesey, um, I'm going to throw to you to finish up. You heard everything he said from the boundary line. That's how close you were. So uh, any insights you can give us to Mitchell's coaching today? Uh, other side of the ground. But that aside, um, I haven't heard Could his still press hear conference. Uh, I've heard his presser. And what's interesting for me is he talked about that whilst it was not something planned in terms of talking about the third quarter issues, he said it has been discussed during the week because all of the players are on social media and yeah. they're the ones that are coming in and talking about it. So um, if you're talking about his coaching and coaching performance, whether it was intended or not, clearly they've addressed it consciously as a group. And that's the quarter after we conceded that first goal and you're everyone's thinking, well, shit, here it comes. We're going to get steamrolled and, that third quarter was sensational from that point on. Um, and I think that's a credit to however it is that they addressed it at halftime and leading into the third quarter before the game around keeping that intensity and endeavour for all four quarters, which we did. Um, so that was a good effort. Um, very happy that Hardwick stayed back for the whole game. Uh, Sis seemed to go forward late, but obviously played most of it down back. Um, Ned Long was clearly that magnet tinker that you mentioned going up full forward. And I feel like that's unlucky for Ned Long in the team. And he's done a pretty good job. I think he ended up with three possessions in the second half. So, um, but he did kick that goal, uh, running, bouncing, kicking that goal. So... Um, look, I think overall it's a pretty good performance. I'm glad that he's gutted, um, whilst obviously clearly we'll see all of the positives and um, despite the result, overall it's a good result. It's a good result in the uh, the race for Harley Reid. I didn't think I was going to say that. But I, I, look, I honestly think that right now, if you look at the two sides that are probably battling it out for Harley Reid at the end of the year. I think the Hawks are a bit further advanced than West Coast. It's going to take 
um, you know, some of our worst stuff to lose to West Coast when we play them. Um, I, I, they're decimated by injuries. They're, I think they're a year behind us in their rebuild. Um, their kids aren't there like our kids are there. You know, they're, they're, I think they're a worse side than us. So we might not even be bad enough to get Harley Reed, which is slightly disappointing. Yes, we see. They're, they're Reggie's as well. I'm not sure if you saw Oh, my goodness. I saw that. By 169 points. So, I mean, it's not like they're replacing uh, replacing players in the senior side that got pumped today with tremendous depth coming out of there too. So, we've got that at least. Absolutely. And, and the Box Hill Hawks had a really good win against Collingwood's reserves as well. And, um, yeah, I think... Um, that clearly the depth is is greater at Hawthorne than it is at West Coast. That's a fair fair comment to make. Um, we are going to close it there. Thank you so much, Darren. Thank you so much, Andrew, for joining us. Um, that has been the Player Review Podcast. Um, for everybody who uh, listens, thank you so much. Uh, if you are not yet a subscriber to the Hawks Insiders, um, $5 a month, $50 a year. We would love to have you subscribing. Help us to um, do what we do and continue to publish the content that we do. Um, just a heads up, this coming uh, Thursday, we are back to our Thursday night safe space. So it's not this Wednesday night. With the Thursday night games gone, we will be back to the usual time slot. Uh, we'll be able to discuss the changes Brad will come in off the long run. Uh, it'll be the hopefully the whole kit and caboodle. The whole team will be there. And we look forward to joining you at 8.30 on Thursday evening. Look out for the, um, the wrap-up tomorrow or the next day and the observations from Ash, uh, which he was frantically doing on the plane, I think, on the way home from Adelaide. Um, thank you so much, guys, for listening. Hope you have a great uh, evening, and I hope that this is a little bit cathartic after a really disappointing, uh, kind of semi-heartbreaking loss this afternoon. Thank you so much, and good night. This was another Hawks Insiders production. Make sure to subscribe to our Substack for wall-to-wall Hawthorne Footy Club coverage.